Chapter Eight of A Common Story by Ivan Goncharov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Eight. After this conversation, Alexander began again to create a world of his own, rather a wiser one than the first. His aunt encouraged this inclination in him, but secretly when Pyotr Ivanitch was asleep, or had gone out to the factory or to the English club. She questioned Alexander about his occupations, and how this delighted him now. He explained to her the plan of his works, and sometimes asked, under the guise of advice, for her approval. She often differed from him, still oftener agreed. Alexander clung to his work as one clings to the last hope. After this, he said to his aunt, there is nothing for me. Then the barren desert, without water, without greenness, obscurity, emptiness, what will life be then a living tomb and he worked without ceasing he spent over a great deal of reflection and feeling and sheer hard work in nearly half a year of time at last the novel was finished corrected and a fair copy written out his aunt was enraptured in this novel the scene was not laid in america but in a village of tambov the persons of the plot were ordinary people slanderers liars and wretches of every kind in frock coats jilts in corsets and hats everything respectable and in place i think ma tante this i might show to my uncle yes yes of course she replied but however wouldn't it be better to send it to be published as it is without him no better show it answered alexander after your criticism and my own judgment i am afraid of nobody they showed it Pyotr ivanitch frowned a little when he saw the manuscript and slightly shook his head wait a little before you shake your head said his wife and just hear it read it aloud to us alexander only listen attentively don't go to sleep and afterwards tell us your opinion of it one can find defects everywhere if you like to look for them but you must make allowances no why only be impartial added alexander there's nothing for it i will listen said pyotr ivanitch with a sigh only on condition first that you don't read directly after dinner or else i cannot pledge myself not to fall asleep don't take that to yourself alexander whatever is read to me directly after dinner i begin to get sleepy and secondly if there is anything good in it i will say what i think of it if not i will only say nothing and then you will do as you choose the reading was begun pyotr ivanitch didn't once fall asleep he listened without taking his eyes off alexander once or even twice smiled and twice nodded his head approvingly you see said his wife in a whisper i told you so he nodded to her too the reading continued for two evenings in succession on the first evening after the reading pyotr ivanitch to his wife's astonishment told them all that was to happen later but how do you know she asked is it so strange it's not a new idea that has been written of a thousand times over it would not be necessary to read further only we will see how it is developed by him on the second evening while alexander was reading the last page pyotr ivanitch rang a servant appeared i am ready to dress he said excuse me alexander for interrupting i am in a hurry i am late for whist at the club alexander finished pyotr ivanitch was going away at once well au revoir he said to his wife and alexander i shall not look in here again stop stop cried his wife why are you saying nothing about the novel i ought not by the agreement he replied and was just going it's obstinacy she said oh he is obstinate i know him don't think about it alexander 
it's ill-natured thought alexander he wants to drag me into the dust to pull me down to his sphere all the same he is a clever official a manufacturer and nothing more but i am a poet this is beyond everything pyotr ivanitch began his wife scarcely able to restrain her tears say something at least i saw you nodded in token of approval so you liked it a little only you won't acknowledge it out of obstinacy how can we acknowledge that we like the novel we are too clever for that confess that it's good i nodded because even from this novel one can see alexander is clever but he did not do a clever thing in writing it however uncle justice of some kind listen of course you won't believe me and it's useless to dispute we had better await the result i will do something to put an end to this between us for ever i will call myself the author of the novel and will send it off to my friend who is on a journal we shall see what he says you know him and certainly would have confidence in his opinion he is a man of experience very well we shall see pyotr ivanitch sat down to the table and at once wrote a few lines then passed the letter to alexander in my old age i have taken to authorship he had written what's to be done i want to be famous to succeed in it i have gone a little crazy i have sent the novel enclosed look at it and if it is suitable print it in your journal for payment of course you know i don't like working for nothing you will see it and hardly believe it's mine but i authorize you to sign my name to it to prove i am telling the truth relying upon a favourable reply about the novel alexander awaited the answer tranquilly three weeks passed by however still there was no answer at last one morning a large parcel and letter was brought in to pyotr ivanitch ah they have sent it back he said glancing slyly at his wife he did not break open the note nor show it to his wife as she did not ask to see it that same evening before going to the club he himself started to his nephew the door was not closed he went in yevsay was snoring stretched diagonally across the entry on the floor the candle wanted snuffing badly and hung down out of the candlestick he looked into the inner room it was dark oh the provinces muttered pyotr ivanitch he roused yevsay showed him the door and the candle and threatened him with a stick in the third room alexander was sitting his arms on the table and his head on his arms he too was asleep some papers were lying before him pyotr ivanitch looked verses he took a sheet and read as follows my springtide fair is over now love's burning moments gone for ever love in my heart is deeply slumbering nor stirs with fiery breath my blood upon her altar shrine deserted another deity i've raised to whom i pray he is deeply slumbering himself too go on praying my dear boy don't be lazy said pyotr ivanitch aloud your own verses but how they have exhausted you what need of any other opinion you have spoken for yourself ah said alexander stretching you are always hostile to my compositions tell me candidly uncle what makes you so persistently persecute talent when you cannot help confessing envy to be sure alexander i have lived my life quietly obscurely have only fulfilled my duty and was even proud and happy in it when i am dead that is when i shall feel and know nothing the harps of minstrel seers shall not tell of me how different with you do you know that your future fame your immortality is in my pocket what glory the answer to your note ah for heaven's sake give it me directly what does he write i haven't read it read it yourself aloud 
alexander began to read aloud while pyotr ivanitch tapped his boot with his finger this is what was in the letter what mystification is this my dear pyotr ivanitch you writing novels and you thought you could catch an old bird like me but if you had really produced the novel lying before me then i should tell you that the most fragile products of your factory have far more solidity than this creation alexander's voice suddenly dropped but i repudiate anything so insulting to you he went on in timid and subdued tone i don't hear alexander a little louder said pyotr ivanitch alexander continued in a low voice since you take an interest in the author of the novel you no doubt wish to know my opinion of it here it is the author must be young he is not stupid but he is not very happily at feud with the whole world he is truly disillusioned oh lord when will the race be extinct what a pity that through a false view of life so much ability among us is wasted in empty profitless dreams in vain efforts after what they are not fitted for alexander paused and took breath pyotr ivanitch began to smoke a cigar and blew a ring of smoke his face as usual expressed perfect calm alexander continued to read in a low hardly audible voice vanity sentimentality premature emotionalism with their inevitable consequence indolence these are the causes of this evil discipline work practical business that's what our sickly and indolent young people want to sober them the whole matter might have been made clear in three lines said pyotr ivanitch looking at his watch but he is writing a complete essay and a letter to a friend isn't he a pedant are you going to read any more alexander throw it away it's a bore there is something i want to say to you no uncle let me drink the cup to the dregs i will read to the end well i hope it will do you good this lamentable bent of mind alexander read is apparent in every line of the novel you have sent me tell your protege that an author only writes successfully in the first place when he is not under the sway of his personal feelings and passions he must survey with calm untroubled gaze the world and life generally otherwise he will express only his ego with whom no one else has any concern this defect is glaringly apparent in the novel the second and principal condition which pray do not tell the author out of compassion for his youth and vanity of authorship talent is essential and he has no trace of it the language however is throughout correct and good the author even shows a sense of style with difficulty alexander read to the end at last he comes to the point said pyotr ivanitch and what a rigmarole first let us discuss the rest without him alexander let his hands hang limp in silence like a man stunned by an unexpected blow he gazed with hazy eyes at the opposite wall come alexander how do you feel now asked pyotr ivanitch alexander did not hear this observation can it too be a dream has this too cheated me he muttered a bitter loss what can't one get used to being deceived but why i can't understand was this overmastering impulse to creative art entrusted to me come come the impulse was entrusted to you but the creative art itself they forgot to entrust to you said pyotr ivanitch i've explained it alexander answered by a sigh and sank into thought then suddenly he rushed vehemently to open all the drawers took out several manuscript books sheets of paper and scraps and began in exasperation to throw them into the stove 
here don't forget this said piotr ivanitch passing him the sheet of unfinished verses that lay on the table that too may go said alexander in despair throwing the verses into the stove is there nothing more look round thoroughly said piotr ivanitch glancing round him for once you will be doing a sensible thing there what's that in the cupboard in a bundle in with it said alexander taking it it's my articles on agriculture oh don't burn that give it to me said piotr ivanitch holding out his hand that's not rubbish but alexander did not heed him no he said bitterly since the great power of creation has failed me in the sphere of art i don't want it in the sphere of industry fate shall not subdue me to that and the bundle flew into the hearth oh that's a pity observed piotr ivanitch while he rummaged with a finger under the table to see whether there was not something more to throw in the fire but what shall we do with the novel alexander it's at home don't you want it to paste on screens no not now shouldn't we send yevsay for it he has gone to sleep again look out or they will steal my greatcoat under your very nose go to my rooms ask vasily there for the thick manuscript book which is lying in the study on the bureau and bring it here alexander sat leaning on his elbows and gazed into the stove the manuscript was brought alexander looked at the fruit of his six months labour and grew thoughtful piotr ivanitch noticed it come make an end alexander he said and then let us talk of something else in with it then too shrieked alexander flinging the book into the grate both began to look at it burning piotr ivanitch apparently with satisfaction alexander with grief almost with tears now the uppermost page quivered and started up as though an unseen hand had turned it back its edges scorched it grew black then contracted and suddenly caught fire quickly after it a second and a third caught and then suddenly a few sprang up and burnt in a mass while those following after them were still white and two seconds later they too began to blacken at the edges alexander however had time to read chapter three he remembered what was in that chapter and was smitten with compunction he rose from his chair and clutched the snuffers to save the fragments of his work perhaps still hope murmured to him stop i will do it better with my stick said piotr ivanitch you will burn your fingers he moved the book into the furthest recesses of the stove right into the corner alexander stopped in hesitation the book was thick and not readily subdued by the action of the fire a thick smoke began to appear from under it the flame sometimes would snatch it from below lick it at the edge leave a black stain and sink down again it was still possible to save it alexander stretched out his hand but at that very second the flames threw a bright glare upon the chair and piotr ivanitch's face and the table the whole book was alight and in a minute was burnt up leaving a heap of black ash amongst which in parts crept little snakes of fire alexander threw down the snuffers all is over he said it is over repeated piotr ivanitch ah ejaculated alexander i am free now i have helped you a second time to clear your room said piotr ivanitch i hope that this time it is irrevocable uncle amen said his uncle laying his hand on his shoulder come alexander i advise you not to delay write at once to ivan ivanitch to send you work on the subject of agriculture he always says what is your nephew about alexander shook his head mournfully i cannot he said no i cannot all is over what are you going to do now what he asked and relapsed into gloom 
now there is nothing to do but it's only in the provinces people are able to do nothing but here why did you come here it's incomprehensible meantime enough about that i have a request to make to you alexander slowly raised his head and looked inquiringly at his uncle i think you know began pyotr ivanitch moving his armchair up to alexander my partner surkoff alexander nodded assent he is a good fellow but rather frivolous his ruling weakness is women unluckily as you have seen for yourself he's not bad-looking that's to say he is rosy sleek tall always curled and scented dressed like a fashion-plate and so he imagines all the women are out of their senses over him yes the coxcomb directly he's smitten by a fresh flame he begins spending money then he is taken up with surprises presents polite services he gives himself up too to extravagant smartness begins to get new carriages horses it's simply ruin he even ran after my wife i used not to trouble to send a servant to get theatre tickets surkoff was certain to send them he was invaluable you couldn't get such a man for any salary but he bored my wife so i was obliged to get rid of him now when he abandons himself to extravagance in this way his income is not enough for him he begins to ask me for money to talk about his capital what's your factory to me he says i never have any cash to spend it would be all very well if he would fix on some hmm, but no he always seeks his liaisons in society he says to me i must have an honourable intrigue i can't live without love isn't he an ass not far off forty and he can't live without love alexander thought of himself and smiled gloomily meantime continued pyotr ivanitch the result is that these so-called honourable intrigues curse them are far more expensive than dishonourable ones it's not worth the cost the idiot what is all this leading up to uncle asked alexander i don't see what i can do in the matter you shall see the young widow julia pavlovna tafeyov has lately returned here from abroad she is rather good-looking surkoff and i were friends of her husband's tafeyov died abroad come do you guess at last i guess so much surkoff has fallen in love with the widow yes he is completely crazy but what more more i don't know what a fellow come i will tell you surkoff has twice announced to me that he will soon want money i at once surmised what this meant only which quarter the wind was in i couldn't conjecture i tried to find out what he wanted money for he hesitated and hesitated at last said he wanted to rent a suite of rooms at litainoi street and i recollected that madame tafeyoff lived there and just opposite the place he is fixed on trouble is threatening and no escape unless you aid me now do you guess surkoff is asking for money you have none you want me to he did not say what pyotr ivanitch smiled alexander did not finish the sentence and looked at his uncle in perplexity no not at all said pyotr ivanitch am i ever without money try applying when you want some you will see but this is what it is madame tafeyoff through him reminded me of my acquaintance with her husband i went to see her she asked me to go often i promised to do so and said i would bring you come now i hope you understand me repeated alexander looking with round eyes at his uncle i'll be hanged if i understand this is the matter in question you are to make madame tafeyoff fall in love with you alexander raised his eyebrows at once and looked at his uncle 
you are joking uncle it's absurd he said what is there absurd in it this is all i want you to do lay yourself out to please madame tafeyev be attentive don't let surkoff be with her tete-a-tete in fact to put it simply make him angry he is vain to folly then he will not want his new apartments his capital will not be touched the factory business will go on its usual course come do you understand this will be the fifth time i have played him a trick before when i was unmarried and rather younger i used to do it myself but since now i can't i get one of my friends to but i am not acquainted with her said alexander for that reason i will introduce you on wednesday on wednesday some of her old friends meet at her house but if she responds to surkoff's love then you must allow that my civilities and attentions will make her too angry oh that's enough she is a good sort of woman when she sees he is a fool she will cease to take any notice of him especially before others her vanity would not allow her to in this case another will be at hand cleverer and better looking she will be persuaded to get rid of him the quicker that's why i fixed on you alexander bowed surkoff is not so formidable continued his uncle but madame tafeyev sees very few people so that he might perhaps in her little circle pass for a great man and a wit externals produce a great effect upon women even clever women fall in love when a man commits follies for their sake especially expensive follies but surkoff very likely will not be there on wednesdays i might interfere with him a little on wednesdays but how about other days find out all that for yourself you must flatter her a bit play the lover a little the next time she will invite you not for wednesday but for thursday or friday you redouble your civility and i will prepare her a little i will drop a hint as if you were really she seems as far as i can observe so emotional she must be over nervous she too i fancy is not averse to sympathy outpourings how is it possible said alexander ruminating if i could fall in love myself but since i cannot there can be no success for the scheme on the contrary for that very reason it will be successful if you fell in love you could not play your part she would notice it at once and would proceed to make fools of you both as it is you have only to make surkoff angry as soon as he sees that he won't gain the day he won't spend his money for nothing and that's all i want let me tell you alexander this is a very important matter to me if you do this you remember those two vases you liked in the factory they shall be yours really uncle can you imagine that i but why should you take trouble and waste your time for nothing that's a fine idea no the vases are very handsome it's a strange commission said alexander irresolutely i hope you won't refuse to carry it out for me i am really on my part to do what i can for you when you want money apply to me so on wednesday this business will last a month or two i will tell you when it will not be necessary to do more than drop it certainly uncle i am ready but it's a queer i won't answer for the success if i could fall in love myself then but since i can't indeed it's very well you can't that would spoil the whole thing i answer for the success of it myself good-bye he went away and alexander sat long by the fire over the ashes of his treasures when pyotr ivanitch returned home his wife asked him how was alexander what of his novel would he ever be a writer no i have cured him of that forever adouev told her the contents of the letter he had received with the manuscript and related how they had burnt everything 
you have no pity pyotr ivanitch said lizaveta alexandrovna you did well indeed to set him scribbling do you mean to tell me he has talent no pyotr ivanitch looked at her in surprise then why did you why didn't you understand didn't you guess all this time he was silent he doesn't understand and yet he's a very clever man why has he been cheerful while almost happy all this time because he had something to hope for so you have been playing a part with him throughout i consider it justifiable but what have you done you are absolutely pitiless you have taken away his last hope nonsense what last hope he has plenty of absurdity still before him what is he to do now will he go about again with downcast looks no he won't it won't come to that i have given him work to do what some translation again about potato starch do you suppose that can occupy a young man especially an ardent enthusiastic one with you the head only needs occupation no my dear it's not about potato starch but something concerning the factory End of chapter 8 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine